Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. I'm excited today because this is the last part of our FETC series. A lot of the podcasts we've done is kind of at the intersection of entrepreneurship and ed tech. And this one was a little bit different, but is one that I felt like really compelled to do. One, because I love Sonny Magana's work. Um, he has done the hard work. He has done a lot of case studies, gathered a lot of data on how students learn. And some of his findings are amazing. And how he increases student output is nothing short of extraordinary. I'm not going to steal his thunder, but he's had some um, people prove this, and he's had some awards bestowed on him. Again, I'm not going to steal his thunder. You'll have to listen. But I just want to really underscore how important um, that not just anecdotal evidence or opinions or hype, but Sonny's doing it the right way, and I really, 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 you know, had looked forward to having him on. Again, it's kind of funny when you know somebody for a while and you, you run into each other at conferences, you always seem to run out of time. But we looked at each other and we're like, let's do this right now. So uh, certainly glad to have him on the show. I have his notes in the description, uh, in, the, in the show notes. Follow up. See what he's doing. Check out, you know, all of his work. I think that you'll fall into it. And really be impressed and quite frankly, you know, look into how, you know, his system of learning really, really increases student output. So, all right, without further ado, I want you to get right to it. Sonny Magana. All right, we are now joined with Dr. Sonny Magana. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Don. It's really great to see you and great to be on the show. You know, it's funny. We keep running in. So it, it's great to be at these conferences where you know people and yeah. you see them once a year at least. <laughs> it's like a homecoming. And it is. It often feels like that. So, uh, yeah, we've promised each other we'd do this podcast, and we're like, oh, here we are again. And we're like, okay, let's let's do this right let's now. Let's do so, it live in person. So thank you. Yeah, I prefer that anyway. Um, so congratulations. You've got some, you've got some uh, big announcements that you've had yeah. here recently. So yeah. let's get into what you do and some of the accolades that have come sure. in the last couple months. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's... Um, I, I developed a little framework for innovation called the T3 Framework for Innovation, and it's uh, uh, it's really built on 40 years of, of research um, from uh, my um, yeah about 40 years of research uh, that I've been doing for oh gosh that, since I was in my 20s on looking at the impact of technology on yeah. learning, and uh, so it's now a very well researched, well vetted model of student learning and all my research and that that model the t3 was just inducted into uh, the university of oxford's research encyclopedia for education so that means that it was like peer-reviewed yes. and and you know it has to be peer-reviewed it's got to be repeatable and vetted you know and there was by global education scholars at the highest level in the yeah. english language uh, is so it's 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 really gratifying uh, as a, as a, I'm a simple teacher, and it's really gratifying to have my work um, brought to that level of um, um, uh, scholarship. Yeah. Um, but it means that T3 is really, it's it's really solid. If people do this, if people do the strategies in T3 Framework, student learning will at least double. Yeah, that's crazy. Let's get into that. Yeah. T3, what does it stand for? Uh, translational, transformational, and transcendent. Okay. Translational, transformational, transcendent. Translational learning is when kids are using technology or teachers are using technology, you're just replacing pencil and paper with digital devices. Right. You're just translating. You either automate tasks or you consume content and knowledge information. Generally, that's where we are as a nation. Generally, we're at probably about T1. 
And I liken that to sort of sitting around the campfire playing the same song over and over and over again. It's good. Right. It's healthy. Right. You got to do it. Yeah. But if you don't know that you're in a stage, you're never going to get better. So you need to know that you're in a campfire stage of learning. And in order to get better, you need to start rocking out. You need to start adding new riffs, adding new melodies, adding new um, uh, uh, ideas into your instruction. And that's what I call transformational okay. learning. And the two elements in the transformational domain are production and contribution. And quite simply, when students produce mastery learning goals, when they track and monitor their effort, their progress, and their feelings, they capture their own formative data. Right. They start to make assumptions, they start to make conjectures about how to learn best and which strategies work best for them. Yeah, just them being aware of it is yeah. just so, yeah, I mean, know thyself. Know thyself, right? yeah, and know how thy learns. Know how thyself learns. Yeah. That's the message. When We should stop teaching content and start helping kids learn how to learn. We need to teach strategies. And, and it's really not so much us, it's actually the whole classroom. So the, the second um, uh, element in the transformational domain is I call contribution. Mm -hmm. And that's when kids learn contributively. Mm -hmm. That's when they mm -hmm. not only are, sh they, they talk about their mastery goals, they talk about the strategies that work for them when they're at the surface level, when they're deepening, or when they're doing knowledge transfer. And they create tutorials to teach each other. Mm -hmm. When kids teach other kids, yes. that is the only strategy that has an exceedingly higher effect size at all three phases of learning. At the beginning, surface learning, when we're interacting with new knowledge, when we're practicing and deepening that knowledge, and when we're applying that knowledge to generate and test claims. Right. Kids teaching kids works. And really, when technology is added to that mix, mm -hmm. the learning is explosive. Right. Explosive. It, it, has there been, in some of your work or some of the, the data, like them teaching to their own peer groups at yes. own age? Or is there also an added, is there an added benefit, though, to like a fifth grader saying, I'm going to teach this and I'm going to impart this on my third grade yeah. brethren? Absolutely. All of the above. Yeah. There's yeah. no limit to it. Because but, but is there an advantage somewhere? Like it, fifth graders do better teaching other fifth graders or fifth graders have a psychological advantage and they feel good and they do better teaching third graders? You know, I don't have any data other than my own personal experience. Right. When in my, I, I taught an alternative school. I was principal of an alternative school for many years. And and my kids that were uh, learning, uh, struggling readers, when they worked with first graders, yeah. the empathy, the emotional yes. Yes. Uh, 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 compassion that was released in them was a, a beautiful thing to behold. Now, that was just observational data, but I found that my kids were so much more em empathic and, uh, and caring when they were working with younger kids. So there may be real benefit on the social-emotional uh, spectrum for uh, older kids working with younger kids. And it was really, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see these kids with, like, Metallica T-shirts and, and, you know, all these you know, piercings and, you know, the, the you, you, your alternative school kid who's, who's right. just a, you know... They're, they're just different thinkers. They think differently. Yeah. And, and a lot of them were in the you know, heavy rock phase. To see these kids be so gentle and so nurturing mm -hmm. and so caring with younger kids was really pretty tremendous. Yeah. So uh, kids teaching kids works, uh, older kids teaching younger kids. And you know what else works? Younger kids teaching older kids. Oh, yeah. That pride. Yeah. You know, because then and kids are showing what they, what they know. At the end of the day... I think we need to shift three critical things. Our curriculum, 
our instruction and our assessment. We need to shift our curriculum to more of a thinking and doing and problem solving curriculum Absolutely. rather than just a knowledge memorization curriculum. Yeah. We need to shift our assessment so that students own the assessment. Mm -hmm. When students own the assessment, they own the learning. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I've always struggled with in the sense that you're fighting a culture of school. Yeah. So them owning the assessment is the like, okay, what is the outcome? I mean, yeah. uh, you and I have known each other. The, the, you know, the innovation class I had, like this yeah. class is literally for you. Yeah. yeah. So, but you tell me what yeah. you want your outcomes to be. Well, sometimes they're just like, hey, man, I'm still so worried. I just want to make sure I get that A. As soon as that was yeah. their dangling carrot, I knew yeah. that the learning wasn't important. Yeah. yeah. So even though when they're like, look, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm not here for the grade, yeah. but I still kind of am. I still kind of am. <laughs> That's, that, that was the yeah. rub in, in the sense that like, getting the students to see relevance and like i don't care like get i, I get it you don't want to learn the pythagorean theorem right now this in this class at this time you want to learn how to do blank mm -hmm. them still seeing the value in that was kind of yeah. like when the rubber met the road they were so like but my gpa is still good right yeah and that yeah. that was the hard part of yeah. like and even you know the parent side yeah I mean, that's the game we play is you know is, is reporting grading and reporting though yeah. are that's separate from assessment so the grading and reporting is still owned by the teacher or the institution, but the assessment of learning, that should be owned at least in part by the students. Yeah. And I think we should do a triangulation. I mean, as a researcher, we, we know that, uh, I know that, you know, if you triangulate your sources of information, then you're probably going to get a, a more accurate bead in between all three sources of information. Right. So I think we should start triangulating our formative assessment and have institutional assessments, which are school benchmarks and uh, the the, the, the uh, assessments that are developed by the school itself, or the or um, summative assessments, you know, uh, Smarter Balance or uh, Common Core, teacher assessments, and those are assessments generated by the teacher. But we should also include student assessments. Student-generated assessments completes that triangle and provides a richer picture of what the child knows and is able to do. What's even more important is that when kids learn how to learn, they also need to learn how to assess their learning. Mm -hmm. And then they're mm -hmm. able to learn for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they, see, we have a model that's built on dependency. Kids oh, are yeah. dependent yeah. Yes. on teachers. Yes. And we need to break free from that. Yes. Well, and then even past that, like we both know a lot of, a lot of the using my sarcastic air quotes, <laughs> jobs of the future yeah. are freelance. Yeah, gig, you're it's finding, a gig economy. You're going to find your yeah. own niche and, and your own clients. Yeah, yeah. So waiting for the teacher to assign you a job yeah, yeah. is gone. Yeah, yeah, I think, and so yeah. you're right, that, that waiting for dependency, and I think that's been some of the rub. And, and I'm not here yeah. to, like, you know, reinforce negative stereotypes, but if there's been one negative stereotype that the millennials had mm. was – like I'll wait for instruction yeah. and, and I get it. Like they, they yeah. were the first generation to really have the rug pulled out underneath and yeah. they did it the way that we've always done it. And then when all of a sudden the workforce was like, we're not looking for yes people, yeah. find yeah. some of your own opportunities. Yeah. That was, that was a tough struggle for them, yeah. which I've seen ironically enough, Gen Z has been able to do a little bit better at that. They've been a little mm -hmm. bit more startup minded. Mm -hmm. um, but starting that with their, mm -hmm. their finding and they're taking ownership 
I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because it sets them up for the rest of right. Now here's here's the really amazing part is that that's that's what I call production. When kids are producing mastery goals, they're uh, tracking and monitoring their effort, their progress, and their feelings. Mm. They're learning how to learn. They're learning how their feelings are tied to the learning process, and then they produce some representation. That helps the child become a mastery learner. But yeah. we learn better together than in isolation. Yeah. So, you know, uh, John Dewey taught us that learning is a, yes. is a, is a, uh, an active sport. You know, yeah. it's a participatory sport. You got to get in the game. But I say learning is also a team sport. Mm -hmm. We learn better together than in isolation. So in contribution, which is the other element of T2, kids contribute to the learning of others. They create tutorials to teach each other. Yep. And then in that process, the whole class becomes a learning community. Yeah. And that is a really powerful thing. PLCs are great. Professional learning communities are great, but you know what's more important? Classroom learning communities. Yes. I can't tell you how much <laughs> I agree with that. And, and, and it, that whole culture shift, yeah. and um, and it is more collaborative. Like, all yeah. these buzzwords we say, yeah. that's it. That's it. Like, that's that, it. that is that's truly collaborative. There. And, and that, the, the, the cutthroat of, I didn't, you may have gotten an A, but somehow I got a lesser grade because mm -hmm. of you. It, it's it's more collaborative. Yeah. But again, like, and, and, and what are we hearing from businesses? Yeah, we really we, need this. Yeah. And that's what I call con contributive learning. Yeah. I think we, we need to shift away from highly competitive hyper-competitive spaces yep. to hyper-contributive spaces. And in that contribution, the diversity of ideas, the diversity of backgrounds, experience, and individual kids is celebrated. It's relished. It, it's what helps us become stronger and richer and more capable when we celebrate the, diverse, the diversity in our classrooms. Yeah. And kids know it. So when they learn together, they, they have a lot more fun. It's noisier. It's going to be a little right, messier, right. but my research shows that if you can quadruple academic achievement <laughs> by having kids engage in contributive learning, Why th think you? about that. Why would yeah, you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> foolish. Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> let, let's get let's get into that. Let's get into just that. I mean, what have been some of the biggest head scratching, huh, moments mm -hmm. you've had recently? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, everybody talks about you know to turn the boat around. Yeah, it's a very large boat. It's yeah. going to take some time. But some things just seem like yeah. these are no brainers. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the biggest things, the biggest impediments, is fear. Fear. Yeah. And We've always done it this way. Yeah. Why change now? Right. And right. fear of letting go of the control. Fear of letting go of what we know. Mm. And yeah. once you know what the what's on the other side of fear? What's the opposite of fear? Trust. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. So I am trying to raise consciousness to help teachers realize that when you turn over um, the planning of instruction, the expression of instruction, and the evaluation of learning to students, that's a trust exercise. But when we trust in our kids, trust that they will want to learn, trust that they are capable of learning how to learn, yeah. amazing things happen. So, okay, that's also Catch-22. And... and um I think the last time we met up, we were, I was talking a little bit about this, that I'd seen bookends not do this. I've seen the middle. Yeah. So the I'm, our kids go to Stanford schools, mm -hmm. um, have tradition. They don't want to change. Yeah. And then the other side, and I understand the lack of trust because the students are, they're in a toxic culture. Mm -hmm. They're fighting. It's violent. It's chaotic. Mm -hmm. Throwing out trust all of a sudden does not compute to a lot of people. And I understand why. Like, but which comes first, you know, chicken and the egg? Like, hey, we're going to trust that you're not going to fight each other. That has to come. But at the same time, you're like, we might be sued if all of a sudden we start 
opening up a little opportunity for some freedom and trust when it's never been there. Like, how do you, and actually if you, like turning around a really toxic school culture where there, there's, it, you're on lockdown, you yeah. go through several uh, metal detectors and, yeah. and, and I understand student safety is real, yeah. but like yeah, yeah. when you set a tone that we don't trust you entering the building to begin with, Man, that's, there's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of um, negativity, and 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 the valence of the emotions is negative. Yes. But here's a, here's a, something that I think is self-evident: um, is that all humans have an innate need to be a valued, contributing member to a group. Totally agree. All right. So. And let, you're giving them that opportunity. Right. That's what I love. Right. But it has to be scaffolded. Yeah. So in my T3 framework, I have step-by-step -step sequence for folks to, to build that trust. And the first thing is what I call promises and commitments. Mm. Have kids build the promises and commitments in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Instead of, in the first day of school, don't give kids rules and expectations, yeah. which are usually don't chew gum, don't right. get on turn, don't go to the bathroom without my friend, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Instead, have kids decide what are the conditions, what are the attributes that optimize learning in a group for me? Mm-hmm. And how can we turn those into promises and commitments that we make to ourselves and each other? Okay. When that happens, behavior issues go away because kids feel like they belong. And they're part of developing the culture of yeah. the classroom. And they're more likely to adhere to a promise and commitment if they own it. Ironic that yesterday's keynote was Dan Pink. Um, because his last book was when. Mm. When do you start things? There's certain things, yeah. you know, obviously people really like talk about self-improvement on January 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were statistics <laughs> that people that have tried their first marathon, 29. Ah, and then the right. second highest age was 39. Hmm. More people try yeah. their marathons on the end of an era. Huh. So if there's this teacher looking, listening to this and saying, I want to create this culture, yeah. is this a one of those things like, please don't try this in April? No, I, I, I or, think... Or, <laughs> or, or, I mean, like, when is the... Uh, obviously, I'm yeah. sure the when most optimal important. time is, optimal is day one. September, day right, one. Right, right, right. The second optimal time, it'd be uh, January. Okay. When you get back from break. Right. I guess the next optimal time That's is maybe, renewal. Yeah, yeah. Then, then do it after winter break. Yeah. Like, after that, you've gone away for a while, yeah. come back. And then try some. That, right. that I, the when is really important. Well, I mean, because that's, that's I, I remember the first time I introduced. So, like, literally, our journey is because we watched Dan Pink's TED Talk nine years ago, and I was like, "Let's try this." Mm. And I tried it in April. Now, looking back, that was foolish. It still worked for the students that yeah. really believed, yeah. but. Let's try to do something new. Yeah. Wetrick, there's seven weeks left of school. <laughs> Why are we doing this? And so I understand because yeah. I'm listening to this. I'm like, no brainer, no brainer, brainer. This is awesome. This is amazing. But when yeah. is really important. Yeah. And and I agree with you. I, I, I if if I had to center it around of like, obviously, yeah, most optimally, first day of school. Second most optimally, right after winter break. Yeah. But I would say like, maybe the success wouldn't be as high. But I'd say there's obviously. If you're willing to try this in April, Pilot there's it. never been a better, you know, yeah. just yeah. start. Pilot it. And then, but don't just do the promising commitments. Refer to them and have kids refer to them. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk about why it's important. You know, make it a contribution. Make it a classroom contribution. The yeah. whole discussion should be around yes. the whole group. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. Yeah. Yeah. Kids need to belong. We yeah. all need to belong. Yeah. And when we feel like I'm the you and us, yeah. like it's all about us, that changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. The whole culture of the classroom becomes one where contribution can be seeded.
Yeah. So I, sequence matters, man. I, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But I, I, I love that. So in our old class, we had a rule of thirds. Uh, when you wanted to pick your project in ownership, uh, but A, are you passionate about it? Yeah. I've seen so many genius hour things. That's the only criteria. Are yeah, you passionate yeah. about it? Okay, great. That's yeah. check one. Check two, what skills are you going to develop? Mm-hmm. And how do I know that you've developed them? Mm-hmm. And check three, who does it serve other than you? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, I always wanted them to mm-hmm. say, like, if I'm going to choose a project, it's going to help serve more than just my right. bank account. Right. And so I, I like that. That was the culture we tried yeah. to build. And you've even got this and in, in even more on steroids. Like, no matter what the subject matter is, yeah. being able to assess and then be able to teach one another is such a great... I mean, heck, here we are talking. And <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest focuses that we're talking about is mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about creating positive yeah. relationships. Yeah, that's right. And even, right. like you said, even the kids that looked a little rough around the edges and, you know, but all of a sudden, like, when you create that, hey, man, yeah. I'm going to teach you. And I, The human heart can, can endure so much. Yeah. And yet, when given opportunities for that heart space to grow... It just mm. flourishes. Mm. It really just flourishes. Mm. And you know, but when you it, create that space, and yeah, you create that you culture. Create the spa- you right. create the conditions for that to, to become manifest. And right. It, and it will. Right. And, I, and that's a big part of, of uh, you know, getting to that effect size of 1.6 is, you know, helping everyone uh, help each other. Yeah. And, you know, when kids talk about the strategies that they use for learning, it creates a cross-pollination in the classroom. Right. That's far greater than can be done by any one teacher. Yeah. You know, there's maybe 30 or 40 kids. There's one teacher who has the most potential to benefit, right? Yeah. Uh, just it's just the sheer numbers work, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that that's really important because when when you get to the point where, you know, the kids are invested in each other's well-being and mastery, yeah. as well as their own well-being and mastery, mm. it's a beautiful thing. Here's the thing and it's I'm almost going to start off with some irony. <laughs> But here's the thing that I dig about what you've been doing is that there has been a lot of buzzwords and good intentions and things like safe space and culture and Mm -hmm. just believe. But you've got a framework and you've got data. The how. And that Uh, is what I'm going, hey, (laughs) Sonny. I Uh, I remember when we met last year, you and I have both seen yeah, things just come down up, yeah, the pike. You know, we've seen like things come down fire. the pike, and yeah. we're like, wait, yeah. wait. Yeah, no, uh, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and a lot of people that... And I think, that, yeah, and, and maybe you know, even good intention stuff. And like, sure. and here we are. I'm, again, I'm going to be ironic. You're hitting some really cool buzzwords, but there's a framework. <laughs> yeah, the, the framework shows how to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, um, that's, what, that's what makes... Creates, creates safe spaces and inspire kids. Awesome. Okay, What how? does that look like? Right. How? Right. You know, that's what's been missing for so long. Even, you know, like, TPAC is a wonderful model and it is very research based but it's almost like there, there's no strategies mm. you know what we've been missing are strategies mm. so TPAC is kind of like getting a road map with destinations yeah. but no roads right right yeah what good is it yeah you know so I, I built these strategies over painstakingly over 40 years to figure out what what comes next what's next what's next you look 35 <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I started when I was 10. <laughs> Checkmate. Pebbles oh, Don Wetrick. Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 10 points are Wetrick. But 40 years of, yeah, 40 years of insight and, and looking and working with yeah. kids. I, I mean, mean, it takes a long time to get something right, you know, and that's why <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to bring this out to the market until it was fully baked. Yeah. And now it's fully baked, and now it's in Oxford's you know, encyclopedia. That's so, so rewarding. You know, we, can, we can double academic achievement. Double academic team this year, but then think about that. Now, there's the next step. The T, the three, uh, the third T is transcendent. Okay. Transcendent technology. Yeah, so this is that. where, where you know, I think uh, there's so many touch points with the wonderful work that you're doing. Because if you can double achievement and have kids learn a year's worth of content in 90 days, yeah. What are you gonna do with the other 90 days? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What are you gonna do with those yeah. 90 days? You gotta prepare kids for the future. You gotta have kids think as social entrepreneurs. Yes. And so in the T3, the two elements mm. are inquiry design yeah. and social entrepreneurship. Yep. In inquiry design, kids identify a wicked problem that matters yep. to them. They use different technologies and the, the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, right. are a, a wonderful resource of 17 domains right. of wicked problems yeah. that matter to kids. When a kid's passion pilot light gets lit, it'll never go out. Mm -hmm. And when kids realize that they can actually make a contribution to the world, like Greta Thunberg, or a number of young people that are doing these wonderful things to raise awareness of a problem that they really care about, mm -hmm. they're, go they're gonna be on fire. Mm -hmm. But they have to follow the scientific method. You gotta follow right. a sequence. Well, I think that's what gives me hope, because there's a lot of people, I, I, um, again, sarcastic air quotes. There's a lot of awareness out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, like some I, I like. There's a really funny commercial that um, there's a guy that comes in and he's robbing the bank, and they look at this security guard and they're like, "What are you gonna do?" He goes, "I'm just I'm security awareness monitor. You're being robbed. <laughs> you're being robbed. And and like that, you're so, aware yeah. you're being robbed. So it's it's when kids have a framework and like, okay, here's yeah. here's how it, like yeah. or uh, Seth Godin, you know, is like school can be boiled down two things: identifying problems yeah. and then the leadership of getting it done even in identifying a problem you have to know which you framework know it is and, yeah, and, yeah, and, sure. and break it down and that's so right. I, I think that that's because like you really hit hit my heart when you said okay if we can learn twice as fast yeah. we have a lot of days that we can actually do the things that we've identified that's right. that's and right. you've got a skill set now what are you going to yeah. do with that skill exactly. set and that that warms my heart to yeah. where um, anybody can do this. Yeah, and this can happen in any school, yeah. in any town, in any state. If you follow the T3 sequence of strategies, because the sequence matters. Yeah. It's not just the strategies, it's the sequence of strategies. Sure. And you get to the point where you're doubling academic achievement, you're going to get more time built into your curricular year, month, week, day. Yeah. And with the time that you get back, because it's not going to take kids as much time to master current learning, that's when we help prepare them for the future. Right. And that's when we engage in, you know, on, uh, social entrepreneurship, where they, where they, you know, design, imagine, design, beta test, and scale yeah. solutions yeah. to the wicked problems that matter to them. And I think that's where. You know, the, the, the purpose of education is twofold. The purpose of education generally is to help prepare kids to master current learning yeah. and be well prepared to master future What's learning. What's ahead of them. Right. Yeah. We've got to yeah. do both. True. Well, because as we both know, a lot of times it was seen, like I always cringed when, uh, you know, at the end of the last day of high school when a kid goes, I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm done. Learning and that, stops. Right. That's, a, that's an indication like I'm done learning. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you're no... That's not possible, yeah. and so you're right. That that mindset of continual growth, yeah, and of, mastery, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and apply. It's a never. See, the journey's the thing. It's not yeah. the destination. It's right. the journey, 
And, and when, the love of the journey. The love of the journey, man. You gotta love what you do. You gotta be passionate about, you know, the the the, the gig that you're gonna be doing. And yeah. and for me, you know, the wicked problem of uh, the epidemic of low impact technology. That's a wicked problem. Yeah. That's my passion burns with that, and I want to disrupt that wicked problem. You know, I want to raise consciousness. I want to raise awareness and Talk to double me a academic about that. achievement. Yeah, you know, it, for for. Um, the last 50 years, according to the wonderful research by John Hattie, I'm, I'm really kind of blessed to, to work with some you know, uh, legends. Robert Marzano was the, uh, 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 is a dear friend, is the co-author of my first book. John Hattie reviewed my second book and has been you know, a, a, a great mentor. He, he's uh, part of the reason why my research is now in Oxford is because John Hattie kind of uh, helped me shepherd that process through. And in his research, he found that the impact of technology um, has been dismally low for 50 years. 0.34 is the effect size. Mm. And he studied over 10,000 meta-analyses, found the average impact of technology on achievement is 0.34. And I, I want to disrupt that. I want to change that. So when kids use technologies to become mastery learners, to become contributive learners and to become social entrepreneurs, mm. now we're hitting on all cylinders. Mm. Now we're really helping kids become masterful learners and focused on the well-being and mastery, not just of themselves, but of their classmates and the entire system that they're a part of. And yeah. that system's gonna keep growing. Yeah, I um, love that. It's, it's a kind of a beautiful thing. It is. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, sometimes I have that thousand yard stare because I'm like thinking of all the the years and then some of the students that stick out in your mind and then what yeah. also could be and, and yeah. for so many. So uh, people now listen to this like, I, okay, I need to know more. Where, yeah. are we, where are we going? Where are we sending I, them? Yeah, you know, a couple of places. First, Magani Education is M-A-G-A-N-A education.com. Um, I've got some um, uh, online learning. I, I'm, I'm working with mm -hmm. wonderful uh, companies. Um, I have uh, uh, participate uh, is hosting um, uh, an academy, T3 Academy, to learn more about the T3 framework, to, to build your capacity with these T3 strategies one at a time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, look, we, we, we discussed the whole enchilada. Right. You got to start with like fruit salad first, right. you know, one right. thing at a time. Yeah. And so that I'm really pleased with the T3 Academy and that uh, those courses to help teachers and leaders learn the strategies, learn how to implement them, learn how to uh, measure the impact so that the whole system goes forward. Um, I'm also working with a wonderful company called Aludo. Um, we're building a game-based professional learning for teachers mm -hmm. to become T3 masters. Right. Uh, and looking at some opportunities for kids to become T3 masters. And that's mm -hmm. the, the funnel is going to be MaganiEducation.com. Awesome. Uh, glad we ran into each other. Hey, man, again. I'm so, so grateful. Great to see you again. Gonna thank take, you so gonna much. Going to take a group out to Seattle and, and, and we'll, uh, see each we'll, other. we'll collide yeah. there. But, uh no, I, I enjoy the fact that this is 40 years of insight yeah. and 40 years of really digging in and seeing what's best for kids. So a lifelong journey yeah. of making things better for students. So appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it so much. So appreciate you. Very guys, much. check it out. Um, yeah, proven. Uh, he's put a lot of work into this. And wouldn't you like to, you know, get your students to accelerate this this fast and, and get be able to to work on some solutions for the world and not just memorization. So uh, connect with something you got. So Sunny, again, thank you so much. Thank for you. Show. Yeah.